bad news cast. We're doing obscure stuff. Just a quick moment of your time. Please subscribe to Mix Podcast on both Podbean and on YouTube. Linked below. Dream Warrior Review. Check it out. All right, on with the podcast. And today we have a special guest who is probably most known for working on these little films you might have heard of, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street 3 and 4, um, the production designer, Mick Strawn. Keep them coming. You left that so many. There's Candyman, and then there was Eight Heads in a Duffel Bag, I remember. I know, but the hidden. I want this car. Jonathan Miller would never do anything to break the law. I need the keys. Thank you. Bye. He is a very fine, very honest gentleman. Something strange is happening to some ordinary people. Yeah, that's Jack. Real nice man. What do you do, rob a bank? He's a law-abiding taxpayer, minding his own business. Killed 12 people, wounded 23 more, stole six cars, most of them Ferraris. If anybody deserves to go that way, sure in the hell's him. Homicide for 13 years. Now. I have never seen anything like this. You trying to tell me that she's part of this? Step out of the car slow. I want answers, and I want them now. Explanation won't help you. I want to know why it takes 15 shots to take down some sold-out stripper. Why three law-abiding citizens all of a sudden go crazy and start killing people? You think it's over now. You're wrong. The Hidden. 1987. Directed by Jack... Sh- How do you pronounce the last name? Shoulder? Sh- sh- shoulder? Oh my god. Yeah. Yeah. Shoulder. If, 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 if you're around him, he will literally tap his shoulder and go, Hi, I'm Jack. Shoulder. Wow. <laughs> Oh, he does. I swear to God. <laughs> I'm going to butcher these names. Written by Jim Colf is Bob Hunt. I probably pronounced that last name wrong. Jim uh, Colf, and then uh, but for this movie, his name is Bob Hunt. <laughs> That's what it says on IMDb, at least. So. It's funny, for the movie, uh, my <laughs> name will be. Well, at least they Bob didn't Hunt. get the K and the H replaced with one another. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my. Okay, so. Law, law-abiding people suddenly become violent criminals. A cop and an FBI agent race for answers in this sci-fi thriller, *The Hidden*. Yo, what? Now, like you know, you, you hear that synopsis. That doesn't sound quite like <laughs> like what you'd think it would be. It doesn't oh, sound very appealing. Yeah, that's 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 not. Uh, yeah, that's not. I mean, that's that a weird <laughs> plot for a racing movie. I mean, like, wait a minute. They like there's like a racetrack and like I don't I'm not really getting the logic behind the whole. Car racing, you know. Uh, I mean, are we talking about Days of Thunder here with Edel Ross instead of Tom Cruise? It makes. I mean, oh. like, if you watch the trailer for the movie, you don't really know what it is either. You're like, like, what the heck's going on here? It's 
right. Well, you you know, and and thing is, they advertised it. Uh, the advertising uh, uh, for it was pathetic, because I remember that I saw advertising for it three times before I realized that it was the hidden, or before I realized that that was the film that I'd worked on. And I was like, oh my god, you guys are just blowing this. I was literally trying to get. Um, I was trying to get Bob on the phone and go, Bob, Jesus, what are you doing out there? Because they were making it, they were making it sound like a, like a, a procedural, procedural, which it definitely is not yeah. a cop procedural. <laughs> yeah, no. Aliens, you never know. Yeah, it. Well, actually, here's the thing. In its in the loosest possible sense, it is a cop procedural. <laughs> Just if you happen to be, you know. On Beta Gamma Five, look at these guys. Yeah, I know it's those guys from the Hidden. <laughs> oh, I love this. Ah, they're badass. All right, let's do our quick. Uh, do we recommend it or not recommend it? And then we'll get to the, the spoilers. Um, yeah, of course I'd recommend it. Um, but I'm gonna the, one of the one of the finest sleepers of the '80s. Really, uh, as uh, far as horror yeah. and science fi, it's perfectly balanced. Right. For both, um, it's and it's from the acting to the directing action in it uh, to the sh the shooting. The whole thing is just it's a beautiful film. I really it really is a good 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 job. Yeah, I uh, I first discovered it uh, back in the nineties. Um, they would play it on like Channel Thirteen over at KCPQ. Uh, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, numerous times. And then after that, for a while, I kind of forgotten about the film. And then, uh, and I was trying to remember what it was. I'm like, what's that movie with the, the slug alien that like transfers bodies? I'm like, what the yeah. heck was it called? Yeah, and that and 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 that guy from uh, that TV show <laughs> who did that thing. Yeah, and <laughs> you know, I tried googling that, and I'm getting like no results here. I'm like, what the heck? And then eventually, I found it. Um, partly this movie. Uh, became a uh, kind of the the backbone of doing this podcast. In fact, because uh, it was a couple years ago, I was talking to uh, Lots because I uh, I met uh, General Lots uh, through his YouTube channel. He was so eventually I connected with him and whatnot. We became friends, and then but anyways, I pitched to uh, Lots about doing a podcast. At the time, he wasn't really interested, but that that was always the first movie we wanted to do was The Hidden, and then. Uh, and then, you know, a couple of years passed, and then uh, and then eventually I decided to just finally go with it. Um, but I also met you at a con last year. I found out you had a podcast and stuff. I'm like, you know what? I need to I need to start, you know, podcast, get off the ground, uh, you know, because you were having so much fun <laughs> with it. And, uh, and then uh, eventually um, I met uh, Wolfman well, through Friday the 13th, the video game. I met him through a friend. So That's we, right. start, we started talking, and... You know, we just connected. Um, it's really interesting uh, about Friday the 13th video game. Because, like, a lot of times you play video games, you get, like, toxic players that like to troll and stuff. But but while that game does have some trolls, a lot of people that play it are actually, you know, cool horror fans. And I actually end up connecting with quite a few people, you know, through an online multiplayer game based off Friday the 13th. It was really interesting. Who knew so, that slaughtering people could bring people together? <laughs> so then, uh, I so know. slaughtering people has always brought people together. So then, start the podcast and stuff, and um, 
I guess I didn't look all through your IMDb credits, but I remember catching an episode and you mentioned The Hidden, and I was like, you worked on The Hidden? Like, I don't want to do that movie, and you know, here we are, here we are now, so it's kind of my story on oh, it works. The Hidden, The Origins Podcast, and all that stuff, but uh, yeah, I would definitely recommend this movie. This movie is fun, you know? Of course, you know, it's over the top and silly, but it knows what it is, and it just, it has a blast, you know, so I'd I say... Just... I say if you Michael, Michael Nur- oh, sorry. Go on. Michael Michael Neuer and and Kyle McLaughlin bounce off of each other so well, and the uh, cast of characters that uh, are the creature uh, are just you know Chris Mulkey is one of them, Ed White, uh, just 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 a great great cast of characters, uh, mm-hmm. and, and and the dog, you know the. <laughs> <laughs> Jason was there. Um, that was the same dog from uh, the the Dream okay. Master. Like, well, according to the IMDb credits, you were the you obviously worked on the Hidden, and then he went on to Nightmare Four, right? And so did the dog. Like, how did that happen? <laughs> well, the dog was my art director. <laughs> uh, uh, well, you know, a dog was required in both of them, and 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 I really liked that dog, so I I suggested it. <laughs> oh, all right. And I and I have to tell you that the dogs stand up uh, stand up on on the set, um, the one with the crack um, uh, infection is pissing fire. Um, oh, he, he went. He you know it's a dangerous set for dogs. He went uh, uh, that that one went up in front twice. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, I that's the thing is I always saw Renny Harlan you know like all six foot fucking thirty five inches of him. Can we get the dog to consume you? Coming up. <laughs> yeah, but you know, trust me in this is is that uh with the uh Fex dog. I mean, I, I think that, that was probably shot by Peter uh Chesney. That was all second unit. <laughs> that 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 scene, that that that's a standout. That's a way to make an impact. You just have a dog piss fire. And it, <laughs> yeah, and well, it makes a, a serial yeah. killer that would <laughs> and, come back and, for life. And one of the one of the best uh Dog pissing fire shots ever, right? Is there any other? Is there any other to compare? <laughs> well, see, <laughs> that's, you know what? That's really that's really how you win in life. <laughs> you be the only one, you, not the best, the but one, you're the only, only one. one to do it. So, the only one who dared to dream that a dog could piss fire. So, so well, the the dream was a pun. Let me tell right? you story. <laughs> exactly. So, lots. Uh, would you recommend it? <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, this is a movie I did not see back in the day, and I'm surprised I didn't, actually. Uh, it's one of those movies that I'm glad I missed because I always like to discover random old sci-fi films like this that actually it does hold up pretty well. Uh, the concept of the yes, body surfing... Yes. And the concept of the body surfing alien uh, is done pretty well as well. Uh, it actually reminded me a bit of Stargate here and there with the uh, Goa Wold. And overall, acting was pretty good. And the effects were, you gotta remember in the 80s, we're not talking, we don't have CGI, we don't have any of that. I mean, and it works. A little slug alien could have looked really bad. That's one of the things you gotta remember. If, if something doesn't look that amazing by today's standards, just remember how bad it could have looked. <laughs> And be glad it looks as good as it does. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> you're, you're absolutely right. Wolfman, boom, boom. your non-spoiler recommendation? 
I absolutely recommend it. Uh, the story was fantastic. It was so good that Jason Goes to Hell had to rip it off. I, that, like, literally, when I watched Jason Goes to Hell, I was like, yeah, this movie was really good when The Hidden did it. <laughs> you know, just, yeah. That, 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 but, you know, the, Jason Goes to Hell was an abomination. Th this was actually a really good movie. The actors were fantastic. Kyle MacLachlan is so underrated. People remember him from the Flintstones and Striptease. I remember him from Tales from the Crypt. And, you know, this, and there was another movie that I had seen him in where he does, he, he, he actually does a really good job. He's a really competent actor. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, on he desperate, was, he's on David Desperate Housewives now, I think, right? He was, he was with David Lynch on, um, uh, yes, Blue Velvet. Blue Velvet and Twin Blue Velvet. Peaks. Yes. He, he's a really underrated actor. And I mean, when you're not sticking him in stupid movies, he does excellent work. And then, you know, you had Claudia, then you had Clue Gallagher, who it's Clue Gallagher, you know? Right. Yeah. Um, no, I, and, and people and, know him from uh, Return of the Living Dead, where he played Bert, the slave driver, and yeah. then he was in um, uh, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street Part Two, where he was actually one of the shining parts of that movie. You did this. You set yeah. up a goddamn cherry bomb. Every time I hear that line, I just can't help but laugh. He's so cool. <laughs> well, Lucky is just is amazing by himself. I mean, he's in he's he's everywhere. Uh, yeah, no, yeah. it really it had it, it was well cast, and it, and the thing is, is an awful lot of those people were obvious casting choices for stuff, you know. Mm -hmm. And of course, you got Ed Ross. I'm I'm, an, I'm a big Ed Ross fan. I loved him in Red Heat. Yes. And it's just all uh, all, all fantastic actors and actresses. All just and you know, then of course you got Lynn Shay in because this is a New Line movie. You know, and he, even she does really good in this. All, all in all, this is just a fantastically done movie, you know? And I mean, for 1987, the, the only complaint that I ever had about this movie was is that I felt that this movie should have been in theaters longer. It wasn't given enough time to get people to actually watch oh, it. Like I say, the thing is, is I, I think it, this, it had an advertising campaign that was uh, making it into a cop drama. It seemed like it, yeah, because I've seen the commercials for it, and I'm like, this is so not the movie that I saw. It, and absolutely. that's the sad part is, is that I think that this movie should have been a lot more popular than, now it's a, now it's a cult thing, but this should have been oh, yeah. more popular when it was released. They just didn't get it, give it enough time to latch on, because this movie just kicks ass. Yeah, it's fun. it does. Get into the spoilers and well, talk about it from the beginning. A title credit of the movie. I always thought it was interesting how it says the hidden, and then you see the the main character's face like within the title of the film. So that was very unique. I don't I don't even remember. I mean, all I all I all I see in the credits are of, of a film uh, is my name up on the screen. <laughs> oh, that's what you want to look for. When it opens up, it says uh, the hidden. What else is more? And then inside of it, you see uh, you see uh, Kyle McLaughlin's face. An interesting touch. Oh, there you go. There you go. <laughs> oh my God! It all makes sense. So then, uh, so then, <laughs> but, uh, but, um, I, I, I have to remark real quick. Um, uh, th that reminds me of the Chud story. Did you ever see Chud Mech? Oh, I didn't. I've always wanted to. What did it stand for again? Uh, there was a story. That's it. Uh, there was a story, and it's one of my favorite stories. Like he. he these two hate the movie. I actually enjoyed it, but um, uh, like uh, one reason to watch the movie alone is the director's commentary because they're all they found out halfway through that they got ripped off by the producer. So like the other half, they just trashed the movie. You know, we got to plug in the monster sort of thing. But they had one guy in there. His name was Shepard Abbott, and he, and he told the same story that you did. You know, you're only looking for your name because they did an opening then in Tom's River, New Jersey. And he's like, I had my whole family there. We were sitting there. I'm waiting for my name to pop up. 
And then my name pops up on the screen, and the guy in front of me is like, Shepard Abbott, what kind of a fucking name is that? <laughs> and, and it's one of the funniest things I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> well, you know, the, the, the funny thing is is, is that uh, IMDB has become so important, you know, and having your yes. name on things and uh, how uh, from the beginning to the – from the beginning of the 80s to the end of the 80s, um, films kind of went from – there were very few people uh, listed – idea that you would be a carpenter and you would get your name listed in a film was ridiculous, right? Uh, until the in, until like the by the by the mid nineties it was like um Rick Pizza to the set. You know, you were you were in the credits more. <laughs> <laughs> this film opens up and just an awesome kick ass bank robbery slash chasing. He hits a guy in a wheelchair. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> no, he does. Oh, it was great. It was great. <laughs> I, I got to tell you this. I, I got to tell you, for, first of all, about Ferraris, about, about, about like uh, any, any older Ferrari, right? Um, we had seven of them. Oh, um, man. Wow. <laughs> for, for various reasons. Two of them that were just for stunts, and we had five of them <laughs> because, because uh, we bought one. We had to buy another one every time uh, one of them wouldn't start. So by the end of the film, we had five. <laughs> that, that those those Ferraris were uh, they would never start, um, <laughs> but they were impervious to everything. I mean, they, you remember you remember the the roadblock, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay, so here's here's <laughs> the thing that we had with the roadblock. So. They come down the street. <laughs> we, we're watching. We're watching the Ferrari come down the street, and they, they take these six cop cars. They they kind of like leave this little path between the middle of them, and and it's supposed to kind of like go into them, wreck a couple, and then slide you know beyond all of them. But um, wedge shape. It took the first mm -hmm. four and flipped them on their backs. Uh, <laughs> pushed the last two out of the way, <laughs> and then rolled to a stop without a scratch on it. Damn. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, you know, showroom perfect. And we're all looking at it, it's like doesn't work at all. <laughs> so, so they had to kind of cut the scene so that you didn't see the, the cop cars flying because that was just it was just plain comical. It was it just it was like. Oh wow! You know, it, it's like you thought to yourself, "Well, if I was driving an enormous wedge-shaped piece of wood, yeah, I guess that would happen." But <laughs> this is supposed to be cars, <laughs> so so Ferrari rolls to the end, and it looks like it came off the showroom floor. And how there are so many times, there were many times in that film where I found myself doing the most unlikely things, and particularly <laughs> the taking a bunch of eight pound sledges and beating up a uh, Ferrari was like one of them. Sorry, right, can I ask you a question? Did, uh, did, sure. did, did Bob cry? <laughs> when he would just watch you go into town beating him? <laughs> no, not really. You know, Bob, <laughs> Bob, Bob's kind of a great guy in a way, you know, uh, he's, uh, what uh, an anomaly he was for that period, you know? 
uh, yes, he was, yeah, he was he was making really good artistic things, and and he was tolerating he had a lot. Uh, same group of people that worked with him all the time, you know, and we were absolutely mm-hmm. devoted to 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 the concept and idea of New Line Cinema. Yeah, and I, I, I absolutely fun. love the initial story of New Line, but I I, I can just see you know. Uh, hide a couple of these pink slips for the Ferrari so Bob doesn't see how many we actually bought. <laughs> but those things were tough. I remember we uh, we had to, um, driving down the street, like, you know, people are shooting at it, and we... Uh, mm-hmm. Cops are shooting them, and then they, like, shoot, hit the car, the car just explodes. <laughs> I love it. That was fantastic. <laughs> yeah. We blew off a, a cannon inside of it that was supposed to crack the windshield, and, and it literally hit the windshield, knocked it out of the frame, uh. <laughs> and pitched it up into the air, and it landed in Beverly Hills. It landed three stories high <laughs> on a deck and slammed through um, um, a, a sliding glass door. <laughs> That's tough. Oh, man. <laughs> um, I don't know how that one happened. Yeah, no, literally, there were so many, like I say, there were so many things on that film that just, that, that the making of it, it just didn't make sense. I mean, you know, our, that our, right there uh, is a movie in and of itself. We're then uh, introduced to, uh, uh, well, we already introduced Tom back in the beginning, and then we're introduced to uh, Lloyd Gallagher, uh-huh. played by Kyle McLaughlin, an FBI agent from Seattle who was transferred. Yeah. You know, um, you know, communication back then. <laughs> uh, I know. That, back then, you could get away with shit like that, you know? Well, like, yeah, if you just had, like, a bad experience at a job, you could go to another city and be like, have you had any previous job experience? No. Yeah, no. Oh, well, they're great. Well, you, oh. you, you know, the, the, the thing is, 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 let's face it, for the longest time, for the longest time in the year, in the 2000s, is films mm-hmm. didn't face up to the fact that people had cell phones. You know, mm-hmm. that, that all those problems could be solved. All those stupid problems that films were based on could be solved by just calling Bob, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, oh, well, you're right. I am an asshole. Sorry. <laughs> There's always an easy way to get around the whole cell phone thing. Just have the battery die, have them forget it, uh, have it just randomly break. Signal. You know, somebody charging their phone. I mean, it's just so easy to get around because that happens in real life because the phone's always dying, you know, or it just randomly breaks one day. Or, yeah, you got the signal problems. Yeah, no, that's true. I mean, nothing says I'm disconnected as much as holding your phone up over your head, right? (laughs) And looking at it. (laughs) Yeah. That's that's how we we say I'm all now. So then uh, we get our um, our first scene of the alien. Well, first, uh, uh, it turns out that uh, the guy at the beginning uh, who, you know, su- um, survived the gunshots and the explosion, obviously because he's not human, but... The, the explosion, the Vry was his name. <laughs> um, so then uh, he gets up and goes up to another uh, character who um, is suffering from a heart attack. And that's when we're like, what the heck's going on here? If you're you know, watching this for the first time. And then that's when you see uh, a wonderful uh, creation uh, come out of his mouth and go in the mouth of the other character. <laughs> a part slug, part spider looking alien with like tubes at the end of stuff. That's, 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 what, that's what Kevin Yeager coughs up awesome. all the time. 
Right. Well, there's something there's something uh, creepy about spider legs. Even the thing did a lot of that with the with the the creature. It would have like creepy spider legs. That also oh, right, because people are terrified of spiders. Yep. Oh, it, it's the legs that sell it too. Right. You know, it's mm-hmm. the, it's the, the tentacle kind of like things that that really that really kind of creep you out. Well, now people just watch Japanese animation and tentacles are like kind of normal now. <laughs> oh God, no. In <laughs> tight. Uh, that, that, I said about that the better, but uh, what actually reminds, that reminds <laughs> me, you know, of the Goa Wolves from Stargate, because that's actually how they uh, body swap doing that. Although they don't have they go the Goa Wolves are CG. Oh, in, uh, you're right. For when the uh, you're right, that's very much very similar. Exactly. They're, they're a lot we, less. I, uh, I think I smell a lawsuit right now. Of course, and again, the whole body swapping thing also and using up the body uh, is somewhat reminiscent of uh, there's a villain in X-Men called Proteus that does kind of the same thing, although he's a mutant. Well, they also did it in The Fallen as well. Oh, yeah, The Fallen. I was going to say the classic example of that, though, is The Fallen. And The Fallen, it's funny because The Hidden is is a... it, it, it's it's great and I really love it, but there are scenes mm-hmm. in the Fallen that are where the police station, mm-hmm. where the creature is going from one character to the other through a police station. Yeah, that's probably some of the best. That work. was my favorite part in the whole movie. That is some of the that is some of the the, uh... the best work of that sort uh, that I've ever seen. Oh. I just realized something. That one, Stargate also ripped. Well, I, don't, I wouldn't say ripped off. Got inspired, inspired by using up the bodies because uh, late in that show, one of the villains, Nubis, actually does just that. So yeah, I do too. I mean, I, I'm growing uh, but, but, uh, right now. I'm going to use one of them eventually. <laughs> yeah. uh, was, I wanted to do a quick throwback to the to the fallen part, though. Uh, the part that you mentioned, that that was when I realized that I knew I was watching a really, really good movie, was when John Goodman leaned over at Denzel, and he's like, oh, hey, time is on my side. And then, all, and then it went body to body to body, and they were singing that song. And I'm like, this is an awesome movie. I need to rewatch that movie. I haven't seen that movie in years. That one scene, that you know, there's, there's always... It's like, let's talk, let's talk about films that have one great scene because really i don't yeah. know that i really liked this, the rest of the film as much but that one scene was uh, amazing but like like a uh, classic ghost mm-hmm. ship has got one amazing scene the opening <laughs> the rest of the film in the beginning um, absolutely worthless but that one opening <laughs> that opening scene is amazing so you would call it ghost shit <laughs> <laughs> exactly Exa- except for that one scene yeah <laughs> That opening scene was done amazingly well, and that that the, oh, yeah. I don't know what the hell they got out of making I don't know what the hell they got out of making Ghost Ship, but it should have been three to five for Assault and Battery. Cause, cause you, just, you sit just, down, and you see that intro, and you're like, wow! And then the rest of the movie, you're like, what the hell was that? Uh, what's, what what the hell? It had such promise. <laughs> Talk about a letdown. Eventually, we learn that uh, that Lloyd, uh, played by Kyle McLaughlin, is also an alien. In fact. Uh, douche alien like destroyed his world and, like killed his family that's why he's on earth to stop him he's a he's a cop he, yeah. he's, a, he's, he's, he's a cop. an extraterrestrial cop i love right. it can can i tell you my favorite scene in the whole film though <laughs> go ahead please there's a scene where and it has nothing to do with special effects it has nothing to do with anything it's it's a it's a scene with michael nori 
Oh, no. It's seen with uh, Kyle McLaughlin standing in front of a mirror. And the camera goes in a half circle, right? And at the and, and the thing is, is this is this is at Michael Nuri's wife's house, or there, there. Mm -hmm. It's at their house, right? And at his at him looking at himself in the mirror, and as the camera goes around, just the way that he's looking at at himself makes you realize by the time it gets to the end of it that he's that he's an alien. You because you really don't know until this point what is going on. The way that he's looking and the depth of that look and stuff. I mean, to me, that's just, that's just, you know, uh, up on back of my hand filmmaking there. You know, it was amazing. Amazing shot. It, 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 it's a lost art in film these days. It's called foreshadowing. And I love that sort of stuff. Yeah, it's just, yeah, you, don't no, see, he, you don't see filmmaking techniques like that anymore. So then the alien uh, takes over heart attack guy. And so the, mm. that's what I'm going to call him, heart attack guy. So then he, so then he goes to uh, that record store. And he's, you know, and right. basic, basically this alien just kind of wants what all American consumers want, stuff. Just great, great music in a, in a Ferrari. Yeah. And, and that's, that's case, right. Yeah. A red, it has to be a red Ferrari. But before that happens, he ejects uh, the boombox out of the record store. Right. <laughs> Remember boomboxes? Gotta get a ghetto blasters. <laughs> yeah, ghetto blasters is what we used to call them. Uh, ghetto blasters. I actually worked on um, Electric Boogaloo. I was gonna mention yeah. that because I noticed that. I'm like, ah. <laughs> back in the day. You guys will have to come back later for some stories about that. Um, I'd love to. I could do this all day. So, yeah, so then uh, heart attack alien <laughs> goes. Uh, goes uh, yeah, no. First he's in the diner. First he's in the diner. There's all the diner scene before he gets the uh, the uh, red Ferrari. Uh, I just love his face getting <laughs> the burping thing that he's doing. Yeah, <laughs> I noticed most of the of the uh, people the alien takes over kind of look like slimy businessmen. There's only only uh, the stripper and the guy at the end. Otherwise, I don't know. It's a lash out against corporate America back right. in the 1980s. We, we all well, hated no, the slimy businessmen. The thing is, is we were trying to, to not, I mean, if you, the thing is, is if you did that these days, um, I'm pretty sure that everybody would be cast to look like the part that they were supposed to be going into. I just like the part. I yeah. love the fact that that you know the guys don't look like they yeah. should be in Ferraris, and they don't. You, you know what I'm saying? They don't look like they should be listening. Yeah, like they, they don't look like they should even be in a music store. So yeah, because that, yeah, that's, that's, that's what way. makes it so perfect is because it's just it's so out of place. Because so once out again, of place. You're grabbing. Uh, you, you're grabbing a, a character that has no business being there whatsoever, but it's what that alien wants. Don't right you understand you know? that, that this that's is what a makes film? It so cool. This is a film about identity. <laughs> mm -hmm. Deep film about identity. Deep, deep, deep. So then, yeah, then we get to the car, the car dealership scene. And he's like, "I want this car. <laughs> I want this car." <laughs> and they're trying to get rid of him, and they're doing coke and stuff, and you know. Of course, you know, he wants the car, he gets the car. <laughs> by the way, by the way, how 80s of a scene is that in that room? <laughs> I mean, Ferraris, the room... cocaine, and good music. That's that's 1980s yeah, it, for you. It, 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 doing the coke there with the, with the band, with that uh, 
band around the room that that uh just the whole thing i mean it was just it's it was embarrassingly 80s but you know what i think was great is is that for not to do 80s hairdos because the hairdos were all so bad right at that period you know and mm-hmm. we decided not to follow it so it's it, it it actually doesn't have as much bad 80s hair as most films of the period oh I feel god like I, remember when everybody had crinkled up hair like 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 curly fry hair oh oh yeah oh god yeah <sighs> oh and he goes in the house and he he plays that old timey radio and is playing sucky music so he destroys it because you know it's not it's not rock music like he's he listens to it isn't rock enough yeah yeah like it sucks yeah and then of course we see the alien kind of burst through his arm that was a cool little effect uh, Bring stripper back. scene yeah oh. when he takes over Brenda yeah. yeah well you know you, you miss two characters two characters in that sequence were the um the fake boobs that she was wearing which were the fakest fake boobs I've ever seen. Uh, Bob says, well, yeah, but Clyde Christensen's too flat for this role. So, you know, we had to um, put fake boobs in. <laughs> and, and they had a very uh, nippleage thing going on, you know? Oh, God. I'm, Just sure, fake, I'm sure Linnea Quigley knows the guy. <laughs> really, exactly. <laughs> she does uh, come out wearing that outfit that... Uh, Shows off her assets quite well. Right, right. Well, but you know what she does best is, is she did that look in that snare, right. that sneer. You know, oh boy, that was great. Yeah. And and the sneer that goes all the way through each character is that yeah, thing yeah. that they do. Even the, the dog. It, it's kind of it's not really a sneer as much as it's the lift of a lip. Even the dog, yeah. Yeah. Which then yeah, I, I, I didn't. Now that you mention it, it totally brings it up. And I mean, that's the perfect thing is you, you give that audience a little wink and the nod, you know, just saying, Oh, yeah, absolutely. This, this is how you know. It, it's like in the Terminator when Arnold had his eyes moving like a surveillance camera. It, it's just, it's little things like that that when you pick up on them, you love them. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. Definitely missed an opportunity on when you did this was um, having Claudia Christian in the red Ferrari. If you could have had her drive by a station wagon, it would have been the perfect throwback to vacation with the red Ferrari. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Like, just have her look over and give the guy a wink and and, and play that, I'm so excited, you know? Like, it would have been a nice (laughs) wink and a nod. And then she fucks that guy to death. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's something you don't easily forget, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> wow. The other thing that I liked about the movie was the the, the, the um respect to the wearing of the body concept and the fact that we go through a ma- mannequin warehouse mm-hmm. in it. Mm-hmm. You know, and there's a gunfight in a mannequin warehouse, which was such a difficult thing to do. <laughs> it was actually the factory where we made all those mannequins. Uh, I, a little I, I, factory just for making mannequins and we made foam mannequins. And uh, and then blew them all apart. And <laughs> literally, what you're looking at when you're in there is the factory that we put together just to make the. Huh. Yeah. So kind of a kind of a meta thing when you're thinking of, you know, the whole aspect of it. Mm. <laughs> I love it. I, I'll tell you a story about uh, uh, shooting on a rooftop, and uh, Claudia Christensen uh, up there and we were busy killing her and uh, we had and, I, and by we I mean I designed it but you know we had we put it together uh, that that whole 
sequence up on the roof with with um, we had a fake uh, Nuri's hanging off of that Kyle McLaughlin reaches around and pulls him up, and that was a fake. And that in order to shoot it right, we literally had it up on the rooftop thing that we that was the fake edge of, and uh, and shot it down the side, and then. We had all these boxes uh, in that looked like lights, um, so that you could go in and out of the light as, as Claudia is being backed up to the sign, the mannequin uh, warehouse. And the really, the really cool thing about that is that nobody wanted to, nobody wanted to um, do a stunt drop through um, through a neon light. And the reason that you don't want to do that is because. Those tubes go down with you, and you land on one of them. And um, even if you la- even if it lands on the bag, it's still going to go through you. You know what I'm saying? It's not going to feel so good. What you don't shot, what you don't notice is that all the all the glass is scored, and it's put in little bags that you can't see. That the bags are made out of window screen, right? So that you look right through mm-hmm. them, and, and the the neon is so heavy that it, it blasts through it, and you can't see it. And so. All these bags are attached, either the right side or the left side, and she goes right through the center of it. And then when the neon breaks as she's going through it, it breaks into these little bags and just falls to the side, lands successfully, and then the creature, you know, gets transferred to the dog. That dog is awesome. (laughs) Yeah, the dog did it. It was great, yeah. (laughs) But you can tell that the the alien's not too happy being that dog. She's like, "I I need a human host. I can't. I didn't come here just to lick my own balls. <laughs> oh my! Right. The dog can't necessarily drive a Ferrari. He doesn't have thumbs. And I mean, if you guys manage to make a fucking dog drive a Ferrari, <laughs> that. <laughs> that's, that's, but, but that's a different film. <laughs> You're right. That's a different film. <laughs> uh, the character, the the police captain, the dog that it goes to next and it's supposed to do it in mm-hmm. his house. But the dog is supposed to go through a uh, louvered slat door and then attack its owner. Right. Mm-hmm. So, uh, <laughs> so the, we couldn't get the dog to do it. The dog had decided that he had had enough. <laughs> <laughs> and so we had to do the scene and we went and we went and we, we went and did the rest of the movie. We literally had to come back to the same house. All we needed was a shot of that door of the dog coming through the door. And so, um, uh, construction coordinator Dave Cannon um, are on one side, just in the kitchen side, while the cameras are on the other side, and they're, and all you can hear is like, "Come on, boy, come on, boy!" There. So they tried for an hour to get the dog to come through, and finally, uh, <laughs> Dave Cannon looked at his watch and said, "I've had enough of this." <laughs> he walks over to where the dog's standing. <laughs> Nobody can see him because we're we're on the other side, right? And he throws the freaking dog through. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Got shot, <laughs> but it's crazy. He looks at me, he looks up at me and he goes, "Okay, it's time for lunch." <laughs> and he throws. <laughs> so um, no, no animals were hurt in that episode, but but their feelings were definitely hurt. <laughs> I ain't got over it. Yeah, you know what? When he was done, he was still a dog. All right, let's Gallagher gets locked up because you know he he tells the story. Everybody thinks he's bad shit nuts because I right, mean, right. I mean, it is he's the guy screaming that the, you oh. know there's a guy there's an alien that comes oh. down just to kill people for right. shits and chuckles. I totally forgot you that know, Lynn so was in this movie. Yes, I've been waiting to get to that point just so I can talk about one scene with her that I thought was absolutely amazing. 
the one where shot. the one where she's shooting at the cops and she's no, got she's this shooting, like it, she's up on the she's up on the railing she's shooting back down right yeah and mm -hmm. she's got like this futuristic space gun and it's just like it just looks so amazing it's like pure 80s and she's actually quite attractive in that um, yeah she is oh she she's beautiful and she's a really nice person too but but that that um <laughs> I remember when they made that 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 gun. The props props people made it, and uh, had somebody made it make it, and it was the most fragile thing in the world. And uh, it had to be. It looked drop good. it. Somebody would drop it, and it would just shatter. And, and we'd have to. Have, I, I mean, we were constantly in a molding process of making a new version of that. You know, <laughs> all the, all the way through, it was like uh, the resins of the time were not all that great, and. Um, yeah, it, it, it was pretty. It was pretty rough. I think that we we left maybe about forty of them in pieces all over LA by the time we were done. Oh man! Oh, I but forgot. It was worth it, though, uh, during the gel theme, like Danny Trejo pops up out of nowhere and dies. Ah, that's right. Like, hi, Danny Trejo. Bye, Danny Trejo. One of his one of his earliest roles too. Yeah, yeah Danny Trejo has a track record of not lasting very long in movies unless they're <laughs> unless he's a title character. <laughs> He does. It's amazing. Oh yeah! Earlier in the film, we're introduced to a, a flamethrower that they picked off the streets. You know, so it could obviously show up for the finale. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's that finale? Um, You've got. You need to have a flamethrower in a movie like this. Those it's, it's, Asians you, you, you need to. At the end of the movie, have stormtrooper aiming. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you know, I, I I have to say that. Uh, I don't even know what you meant by you knew that it was going to be used. What? <laughs> Foreshadowing much? <laughs> Tiny bit. Back is shot, and then they corner the senator, and they fry him with the flamethrower, and um, the alien body emerges, and the senator's bodyguards, that's when they shoot it with the weapon, and, the, and then they both die. <laughs> I, I, have to, I have to tell you one thing about the little slug alien, though. At the very end, at the very end, there was a music, there was a miscommunication, and in the end, what we were supposed to do is we is he was supposed to get bigger on the uh, when oh, he's standing no. on the stage, right? Gets it gets on the stage, and all of a sudden it's supposed to and then be killed, right? So uh, so it, it, the creature was supposed to get bigger, but I. <laughs> But the communication kept getting screwed up between the optical people and Kevin Yeager, and, and so, and so, uh, so literally we end up filming it up there, and 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 the optical people come in and go, well, well, screenshot for the where's the the empty plate for this? <laughs> we don't have a plate. It's, we shot it like that, right? And all I could think of is while I was in the middle of that and the discussions and everybody's getting heated and trying to kill each other, I was thinking, we actually did the spinal tap shot. <laughs> we actually did the stone. It's actually the stone shot and nobody's ever going to know it. <laughs> no, no one's ever going to pick up on it. And that's the best part about the whole thing. Yes, is that is that in a way it actually kind of ended up working <laughs> because it worked there are out really other well in the world, and they could be smaller than us, a lot smaller. Yeah, I mean, at the very least, it didn't just like keel over like it got flaccid or something. You know, you didn't have to send, you know, like Claudia over uh, to was... fluff it up or anything. 
Yeah, he, he, that, that, no that, 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 that right there would have just taken the cake. There was, a lot of, <laughs> there was a lot of grape jelly that had to be cleaned off of a lot of things. <laughs> oh. It looked a yeah, lot but that better than been that fun, slug in uh, Star Trek The Next Generation at the uh, end of season one. It looked a, a billion times better than that. So. I said, <laughs> So. Yeah, <laughs> you, 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 yeah, you know, you, you, right there, you beat Star Trek. <laughs> you know what? That's it, be, because in my dreams, I beat Star Trek all the time. <laughs> yeah. So, so he's in the hospital with minor, minor injuries, and uh, the end of it, the end of this film. Yes. Oh my God. And Tom Beck uh, is uh, in a coma. Uh, so we then learn that. Um, you know, he ain't gonna wake up. He's a vegetable. It's weird. It's like so rare that I get so emotional, but I do every time I get to the end of this film. And I know, you know, that <laughs> that it's actually uh, uh, a bag made of. You silk. know, it's coming, and it still hits you. Right. It's and it just hits you. It's just so. It's such a perfect wrap up of a of a concept. You know. This could be considered an open ending, but maybe not. Uh, we see uh, Lloyd goes over there and he gives Tom his life force. And you can, I think you can either interpret it as either he took over Tom's body or he brought Tom, uh, Tom back to life. But then I feel that he did it to bring him back to life. It, it was an right. ambiguous type of ending. Though, but I, I feel that what he did was is he, he entered the body to kind of give them the peace that he'll never have. That's the way I always thought, too. You know, so well, it done. really truly is. And I know exactly what you're talking about because the same thing happens to me at the end of the Monster Squad when Frankenstein gets pulled <laughs> into the vortex. I, I still cry. That's the saddest thing. This, this is a judgment free zone. And, and you know, if you ask uh, if you ask Jack Shoulder, he'll say this is this is the best film that he ever did, uh, and mm. by far one of his favorites. Uh, hey, listen, guys, I I actually uh, gave this an, about an hour, and it looks like we're in a, an hour and a half, oops. and so I might have to uh, say goodbye. No, <laughs> um, I am working on this film called Vengeance. <laughs> I know, and and I have to I have to get packed and uh, drive into Seattle, oh. so um, I I might uh, take my leave here. Um, can I can I leave you with a couple of things? Sure. Hidden. I really love the hidden. I have a book out called Behind the Screams, and you can go to the, mm -hmm. to Behind the Screams Book dot com and grab it. Um, I have a podcast too. It's called um, Dream Warrior Review. Um, I, I do a lot of, uh, uh, a, a, a lot of, um, cons and, uh, I want to thank you guys. This has been a lot of fun. I love, I love the hidden. I really did. I love working with Jack too. Shoulder. I love Jock, Jock Haken, who's the DP. Uh, I love Jock Haken. Uh, actually I did an interview with him about the hidden, um, not long ago in, Dream Warrior review. If anybody else wants to really delve into uh, uh, further aspects of this film, 
and um, and I'm going to have to say good night. Okay. Yeah. Thanks. Uh, I mean, it was great. Uh, I you really on and appreciate your time. You definitely got to pick your brain on electric boogaloo. <laughs> <laughs> well, there is that. <laughs> you know, and those other small movies you did, Nightmare Three and Four, I believe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that Robert. Oh, maybe next we got to talk about Fantastic Four. Oh yes, yes. Uh, heck, and rocking <laughs> okay, with Roseanne. Yeah. Thanks a lot, guys. Talk to you All later. Right. Bye. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. Thank you so much, Michael. Well, that was awesome. That was that awesome. That really was. I didn't get to mention that uh, when when the flamethrower shows up. <laughs> I immediately went to uh, the thing. Max said, get the flamethrower. Oh, Max yeah. said, what? Honestly, I just want to hear, like, any story he has, you know? <laughs> I know. You just want well, that, that, that's what I think was the most fun, is because if you right. haven't seen The Hidden, anybody that's listening to this, what the, what the fuck's wrong with you? Go out and watch right. it right now, because right. it was a really good... So, I, I mean, just hearing the stories is amazing. Right. I, I mean, that's, I, right. that's what it's all about. And yeah, that was really awesome of him to sit down and talk with us. Hopefully, he'll return in the future and share more awesome stories, because this was a blast. And even though Mick's not here, I, th- I can't help great. it. But, but say once again, like, thanks a million. That was totally cool <laughs> yeah re- really Mick if you're listening to this thank you so much for your time we really appreciate you and so that so, is the hidden I'm General Lotz I'm Rage Killer this is the Wolf Man here's a few other little stories that Mick shared with us on some other films that he'd worked on Anthony Perkins <laughs> and our... Anthony Perkins oh Anthony Perkins so uh, I was working on a show called Mr. Christmas Dinner that he directed and uh, I think mm-hmm. I was doing effects on it and um, nobody, nobody could find him, you know. And, and I mean, <laughs> and I was walking around on the stage, and and, and it's—I'll be honest—it's not like I was looking for him, but <laughs> I happened to walk past um, the scene dog. Now you know what a scene dog mm-hmm. is, right? It's the place, no matter where, <laughs> on even if you're using just a warehouse to um, to build sets on, a scene mm-hmm. dock. Is where you take all the flats, and, uh, you nail them with boards in an X behind them, so that they just stand there waiting for uh, for their uh, moment in the sun, as it were. Right? Mm-hmm. The flats are sitting over there in the corner, and they're just there's kind of two of them, and about three feet in between these two flats on the scene dock. Um, one is a is a door, and the other's got a window in it. And through the window, all you could see is the next flat, right? And uh, mm-hmm. I walk past and somebody's standing through the window and I kind of like back up and I, and I look back down and then he does this kind of like weird jump, looks at the door and he's like really confused. He looks at the door for a minute and then he does this jump and he looks back and it's Anthony Perkins. <laughs> and so I, I walk, I kind of, I walk in and I said, Hey, uh, how's it going? He goes, uh, <laughs> he goes, he goes, well, don't tell him, you know, does that, you know, where you put the finger to your, Lips and go, don't tell anybody I'm frying. <laughs> I go, okay, I gotcha, I gotcha. Oh, dear. Well, Anthony, the set is this way. <laughs> I let him out to the set <laughs> and, and I left him to production, walked away. <laughs> said, hey, your problem now, boys. <laughs> I didn't see nothing. Yeah, that was a fun day of filming, I tell you. So, anyway. Eight heads in a duffel bag. Nobody Boogie ever brings that thing up. Oh, that Which it, one? You, you, Eight heads in a duffel bag? It's one of the funnest. Uh, there, I did one of my funnest gags on that. Uh, uh, I I had a, 
a, a head that bounced up inside, up and down inside of a dryer. <laughs> <laughs> Such an interesting rig. <laughs> Why God those are done it's in the jump. days when you really did something? You didn't have this this optical, this CGI. And... <laughs> It's got Joe Pesci in it. You got to see it just on that merit alone. <laughs> I had a I had a VW van that uh, just this beautiful 1967 that I I had at the time, right? And and I was driving it to set, and uh, and of course I would hang by it because it was parked right next to the my big effects truck, and um, mm-hmm. I'm sitting in it one day, and Joe Pesci comes up and gets into the. Uh, seat next to me he says oh i'd just love to have one of these i go oh why don't you 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 got enough money he says no you think i can be seen in in something like this (laughs) he says the smallest thing i can be seen in is a lincoln (laughs) i was like yeah valid point (laughs) that must have been fun though working with pesci though pesci was a he was a staple guy in our house he he he's he's the he, he's the nicest guy in the world. He really is. Um, I I remember, <laughs> I remember that he used to uh, smoke cigars constantly, right? And he is the only guy that I've seen get into a uh, an elevator with you know eight mm-hmm. other people smoking the cigar. Get <laughs> out the end, and, and and nobody says anything, right? And I asked him about it. I said, you know, is anybody, he says, you know, I swear to God, as soon as somebody says something to me, I will not do that anymore. <laughs> and I said, well, I have a feeling you're probably going to be doing it for the rest of your life. <laughs> People had to have been terrified of him because they see him in Goodfellas, you know, and it's just, hey, you motherfucker, I told you. Yeah, you know, it's just like I don't want to mess with somebody who can get a voice that high and kick um, uh, Frank Vincent that hard. You know, that's right. <laughs> I don't want to ride around in his trunk for any period of time. Lastly, is a brief uh, blurb on uh, Didn't Do and its crazy, silly marketing, and also uh, just a bit on the Sloan movie over the top. Funny story about Hidden Two, though. <laughs> they kept they checked kept calling me back and saying, hey, you know, it, it wasn't that long ago. I think it was like yeah, maybe 15 years or something. They called me up and said, hey, we're putting together Hidden 2 and we're getting together. We're going to get together the old gang. I was like, <laughs> no, nah, nah, I don't think you are really. <laughs> Here's a secret. They didn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the marketing was very uh, deceptive. They tried to say that um, that Michael Nori was in it, but they just got another actor and put a bunch of makeup on him and gave him like five minutes. <laughs> screen time and uh i found i found a trailer and it said like if you buy two copies of the hidden two you'll get the hidden one for free i'm like what kind of marketing (laughs) is this for a sequel (laughs) you you know what that means you did you paid twice as much money as you should have for the hidden (laughs) exactly but yes. they, they do stuff like that in Wally World all the time. Like I remember I really wanted to get a copy of Cobra, the Sylvester Stallone movie. And you can't find it by itself, but they sell it in a four-pack. And it's like three of Stallone's like shittiest movies you've ever seen in your life. And it's 20 bucks. <laughs> and it's like, I'm not paying 20 bucks for Cobra, you know? And, so, and, so and then you... it's like Okay, I I can use stop or my mom will shoot as a coaster. You know? Listen, listen, that's that's that man put on the finest example of an arm wrestling movie that exists to this day. <laughs> I love over the top. 
Me too. You know, when I turn the chat around, you know, it's like a switch. And, you know, it's just it's not about the truck, you know. I, I, I got to be the champion. Well, let, then let me put it this way. That man is responsible for the only film about arm wrestling that exists. Arm wrestling truckers. You look at that movie, and, and it's just like, what is the appeal to this? And then you watch it, and you're like, I can't stop. <laughs> oh, look, it's Robert Loja. Cool. And I want to kill that goddamn kid. You know, and then, oh, I feel sorry for, oh, shit, he just threw Terry Funk through a window. You know? Gee, and then, I just... You just can't stop. I just spent an hour and a half on film. I didn't want to. Yeah, but then you watch it, and then it's like, okay, we got some uh, we got some Sammy Hagar playing. This is nice. And, and then it's just the, the, the dialogue was... <laughs> You ain't shit, and then slams the guy's arm. I'll rip your shit and arm off. And I, I love the pro wrestling promos. Like all it That's needed great. was just Hulk Hogan in the background. You know, well, you know something, brother. I'll break his arm off and ram it up his ass. <laughs> it's just I love the dialogue in that movie, and it's just you can't stop watching it. It's, you shouldn't enjoy it, but but you, let's face it. Oh yeah. Hope you enjoyed the podcast and the intellectual bits.